I wonder how many of you remember when you were young, someone, some grown-up telling you, this may not seem important to you right now, but, but someday it will. Someday it'll matter, like um, maybe the importance of uh, getting out of bed in the morning. You know, your, your mom had to come and wake you up, and you didn't want to get up, and you look at the clock. Some of you are there right now, I'm sure. And uh, you didn't want to get up, and, and, and your mom said, listen, when that alarm goes off, you get up, and someday you'll thank me. You don't think it's very important right now, but someday you'll, you'll thank me. Maybe it's a matter of, of just being on time when you were a kid. You know, you were dilly-dallying and watching television or whatever. Those in my generation watching our cartoons and uh, whatever, Bugs Bunny. They still make cartoons anymore. I don't know. But uh, watching, watching TV when it's time to go somewhere and your parents said, Hey, we got to be on time. And uh, you, you don't appreciate the importance of being on time, but someday you will. And now you're grown up, and now maybe at work, and you watch the folks that are always late and always holding everybody up, and, and, and you go, man, I'm glad mom and dad taught me the importance of being on time. I don't want to be that loser. And uh, you, now you know, or, or maybe you are the loser, and you wish you'd listen to mom and dad. But anyway, all kinds of things that your parents told you when you were young. And they said, someday you'll appreciate how important this is. Now listen carefully. If, if somebody had invited you this morning to come to a, a seminar uh, or, or a clinic on investing, you would expect to hear me tell you, hey, this is very, very important. You need to hear this. And you would expect to hear me tell you about investing. It's so important that you invest your money properly. If someone had invited you to a, a makeup party, first of all, I wouldn't be in charge of it. But you would expect me to stand up here and tell you how you need this in your life. If you'd have been invited this morning to a, a health clinic, a clinic, I wouldn't be in charge of that one either. But somebody would stand up and, and uh, by the way, I heard this the other day. Isn't this a great name for a nutritionist? Oh, I can't remember that. Uh, what did I tell you that name was? Uh, 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 oh, Dinah Unger. <laughs> My nutritionist, Dinah Unger. You get okay. Think about that. You'll get it later. It's hilarious. Um, um, but if this was, a, you say, hey, you know, I, I've been to nutrition a little bit. We're having this little uh, clinic, and if you could uh, come to this. And you would fully expect to hear me stand up and tell you about the importance of proper nutrition. But you knew this morning you weren't coming to a makeup party. You knew you weren't coming to a nutrition clinic. You knew you weren't coming to an investment seminar. You knew you were coming to church. So it shouldn't surprise you that the guy up front would stand up this morning and tell you not about money, not about health, not about makeup, but about God. And can I ask you, where else in your schedule are you going to go and hear about God? So if you don't Hear what God has to say this morning. When will you? 
I would suggest to you that if you have enough of a heart for God to be here, which you do, that you want to take into deep consideration the importance of the words. And as I said a minute ago, Just like your mom or dad said when you were small, hey, someday you're going to thank me. You don't think it's important now, but someday you're going to thank me. I say to you, you may not understand just how important the subject matter is this morning, but someday you will, one way or the other. Whether you're on the side of, oh, thank God that on April 30th, 2017, I listened. God forbid... God forbid that someday you should be in the position of, oh, the best opportunity of my life. I wish I would have listened. Oh, I hope nobody in this room is going to be in that position. We're going to talk this morning about a very simple subject, and that is the importance of God's forgiveness This is more important than a makeup party or investments or even nutrition because this is forever. The importance of being forgiven by God. And I want to share with you five thoughts from the Bible very quickly about God's forgiveness that you may have not ever considered before or maybe never heard before. First one is this. Fact number one. Five facts about God's forgiveness. Fact number one. No one seeks forgiveness until they know they need it. That's one reason why when I say to you, listen, it is absolutely urgent that you be sure that you have secured God's forgiveness. And your first reaction may be, why? And if it is, the reason that's your first reaction is because you don't know you need it. Listen to what the Bible says in Mark 2.17. This is Jesus speaking. Jesus saith unto them, They that are whole have no need of the physician, but they that are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Now don't misunderstand. Jesus wasn't saying that some people need forgiveness and some don't. If you read the context, you'll see Jesus was saying some people know they need forgiveness and some people don't know it. Everyone needs God's forgiveness, but some realize it and some don't. Can I tell you, I've not lived a perfect life by any stretch. I have plenty of faults and failures and sins and things I'm not proud of. But I can tell you, there's a lot of things I've never done. I've never robbed a bank. I've never killed anybody. I've never, stole, I've never shoplifted. I've never been drunk. I've never been high. I've never smoked, never smoked anything. If it was smoking, it didn't go in my mouth, unless it was a steak fajita. But anyway... I've lived a pretty clean life, but can I tell you, I need God's forgiveness. You say, why? What have you done? Well, you know, God created me to be 100% truthful, and I've lied. 
You know why I've lied? Because I have a heart that is rebellious against God. Do you know God made me to love everybody all the time? And by the way, first and foremost, to love him. And I haven't done that. I have not loved him. I have not loved everybody all the time. In fact, unfortunately, I know very well how to hate. And so do you. Do you understand that if, if you and I were not sinners, we wouldn't know how to lie? Is anybody here who doesn't know how to lie? If you see a hand, there's our biggest liar. Oh. We know how to lie, and the reason we know how to lie is because we have a heart that has turned away from God in rebellion. See, it's not, it's, here's what we say. We say, I haven't really done anything all that bad. You're missing the point. The point is we have turned away from God, every one of us. The Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The Bible says there is none righteous, no, not one. The Bible says the Lord looked down from heaven to see if there were any that did seek him. And he found that all of us, not a one of us, were looking towards our creator. Every one of us has rebelled, has revolted against our God. But until you are aware of that and take God's word for it that it's true, you don't think you need forgiveness. So the first fact about forgiveness from the Bible is that no one seeks forgiveness until they know they need it. I'm telling you, and I just showed you from the Bible, God says you need it. God says you need his forgiveness. Second fact about forgiveness from the Bible, whenever forgiveness takes place, it has cost someone something. Now, forgiveness, believe it or not, is primarily a financial term. I wonder if there's anybody here who have had, have had this experience. I have. Where... You owed a great amount of money. We had this when, uh, when my foot first had to, be, had to be amputated. We had no insurance. And we, we had a massive hospital bill. And someone came to us and said, you know, there are people who donate to the hospital large amounts of money just to cover people who don't have insurance. Praise the Lord, by the way, we do have insurance now, but we didn't back then. They said there are people who donate massive amounts of money to help people in your position. And if you go through this process, some of that debt can be forgiven. We went through that. We nothing. My wife did all the work, went through that process, and the debt was completely forgiven. I wonder if you've ever had the experience of having a debt, small or large, forgiven, where you owed somebody and, and then you, uh, they came back to you at some point and said, you know what, the debt is forgiven. You don't owe that debt anymore. That, you don't owe that anymore. Okay, when a debt is forgiven, that means somebody paid. And that goes for an offense as well. If you commit an offense against somebody and they decide to forgive you, they don't hold you responsible, they don't hold it against you anymore, they forgive you. 
it costs them something. It costs them a great deal of pain. It costs them a great deal of graciousness. Anytime someone is forgiven, count on it, somebody had to pay. Listen to what the Bible says in Isaiah chapter 53, verse 5. Jesus, well, he, it says, but it's talking about Jesus, he was wounded for our transgressions. We sinned, Jesus suffered. He was bruised for our iniquities. We sinned, Jesus paid. The chastisement or the punishment of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, that's talking about when he took the beating, he took the whipping. By his stripes, we are healed. Whenever forgiveness takes place, count on it, it has cost somebody something. Listen, do you know that God can't just say to us, oh, it's, it's okay, I can forgive you unless somebody has paid for our forgiveness. Just like the hospital couldn't say to me, oh, we'll just let that bill go. No, somebody had paid for it, for which I was extremely grateful. But the only way they can say, we will forgive this debt is if somebody paid. And the only way God can say to you, your sin debt is forgiven, is if somebody pays. And you know who paid? Jesus paid. That's why there's always crosses at a Bible-believing church. Because Jesus died on the cross to pay your sin debt. It's already paid. So, facts from the Bible about forgiveness. The first one, no one seeks forgiveness until they know they need it. Fact number two, whenever forgiveness takes place, it has cost someone something. Fact number three, this is awesome. God gives forgiveness to everyone who asks for it through Jesus. No exceptions. Acts 10, verse 43 To Jesus give all the prophets witness that through his name, whosoever believeth in him shall receive remission of sins. And that word remission is another word for forgiveness. Everyone who comes to God in the name of Jesus because he died on the cross for your sins, everyone receives forgiveness of their sins. Who comes to God in... Now, if you don't go to God, you don't get forgiveness. If you go to God on some other basis besides Jesus and the fact that he died for your sins, you don't get forgiveness. If you go to God and say, well, God, I know I've sinned, but, but I also have done a lot of good things, you don't get forgiven. If you go to God and say, God, I know I've sinned, but I go to church every week, you don't get forgiven. You can put anything else in that blank that you want to, But the only way you're forgiven is if you go to God and say, God, I have sinned against you. I lie. I steal. I I try to do good, but I fail because I'm a sinner. But I know Jesus died for my sin. Bang! You're forgiven. Everyone who asks God for forgiveness in Jesus' name because he died for your sins every time, everyone is forgiven. Fact number four about forgiveness from the Bible. Through Jesus, God forgives your past, 
present and future offenses. Now, there's something that, that really a lot of people miss. Because we think, well, I can't be forgiven something until I did it. The Bible says through Jesus, you're forgiven for your past, present, and future offenses. It's wiped clean. That can't be. Well, it's what the Bible promises. Listen carefully. Romans 4. Now, to him that worketh, meaning that you work for your salvation, to him that worketh is the reward, not reckoned of grace, but debt. The more you try to work for forgiveness, the deeper debt you build. Why? Because you're, working, you're doing it your way instead of God's way. And God says, all you do is rack up a bigger debt that way. But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. Even as David also describes the blessedness of the man unto whom God imputeth righteousness without works. Ready? Saying, blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Okay, that's clearly all your past sins, right? But listen to the next verse. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. Do you know what that is? That's the future. Will not impute. That means not only does he forgive your past sins, he stops charging your sins against you from then on. When you ask God for forgiveness through Jesus Christ, your sins are paid for. It's a done deal. We're almost done. I'm going to ask you to really focus on me for for five more minutes here. I said noon-ish, all right? Fact number five. I've I've told you already, God forgives everyone of their sins, everyone who asks him through Jesus. He forgives past, present, and future sins. But don't miss this because this is very important. Last one, fact number five. Everyone who ignores God's forgiveness will be required to pay for their own sins. Don't miss this. Our sins have to be paid for. I hope you're not ignoring like the IRS, but I want to tell you something. You'd be better off ignoring the IRS about your taxes than you will to be ignoring what the Bible says about God's forgiveness because this is forever. Everyone who ignores God's forgiveness will be held responsible to pay for your own sins. And I want you to listen to this. Revelation 20 And I saw a great white throne. See, God took this man, the Apostle John, and gave him a tour of the future. God can do that. Only God can do that. And God gave John a tour of the future and said, write down what you see. And so John did that, and it's called the book of Revelation. And John said, I saw a great white throne in the future and him that sat on it from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, but there was found no place for them. When you look at God and realize you need his forgiveness, you had a chance to receive his forgiveness, but you ignored it. You're going to run, but there's going to be no place to run. There was found no place for them. He said, I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. 
And the books were open. What are that? That's the books that contain all of our sins. But praise the Lord, another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of the things which were written in the books. So the books contain our works, our sins. The book contains names of people whose sins are not being charged against them anymore because they came to God in the name of Jesus and asked for forgiveness. So in those books, we're all in there. Either your sins are in these books or your name is in this book. And this is the book that contains the names of those who have been forgiven by God. The dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them, and they were judged every man according to their works. So there's no exceptions to this. Everyone who's ever lived is either going to pay for their own sins or they're trusting Jesus to forgive their sins. And death and hell, that's the people who have to pay for their own sins, death and hell were cast into the lake of fire This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Now, I don't know. The Bible doesn't go into a tremendous amount of detail about this place called the lake of fire. But I don't know about you. All I got to do is hear that name and know I don't want any part of that. We can debate all day long about is there a hell? What's it like? How bad is it? The bottom line is, I don't want to face God without having my sins forgiven. And let him, figure, let him decide what the, what the consequences are. I want to stand before God forgiven. And here's the thing. You, ha- you can have it this very moment if you want it. If you will come to God and say, God, I know I need forgiveness. And I believe Jesus died for my sins. Would you forgive me? On the authority of God's word, it's done like that. He that believes on the Son has everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. I want to walk you through it very quickly, and then we'll be dismissed. I'm going to walk you through it. And, and if you choose to do that, listen, you don't have to stand up and make a speech. You don't have to do anything public. It's between you and God. And I'm going to lead you to do that right now. Would you bow together with me in prayer, please? Lord, you know the heart of each person here. I do not. But, Lord, it is my deep desire, and I know even more so it's your deep desire, that everyone here receive forgiveness from God today. And I pray, Lord, please, that your spirit, even now, would give full understanding and insight to everyone here, and may they make the choice to be forgiven of their sins once and for all right here today. If you're here, you heard me explain this morning. You heard me explain that God says we've all sinned against him. You've heard me explain that somebody has to pay for our sin, and either you're going to pay at the end of your life forever, or... Jesus has already paid when he died on the cross. And God says that's all he requires is that Jesus Christ die for your sins and rise from the dead, which we celebrated two weeks ago on Easter. And the choice is yours. It is squarely in your lap. 
whether you want to pay for your own sins or whether you want to be forgiven by God right now. If you say, I want to be forgiven by God, all right, you already made the choice. Just by saying, yeah, I want to be forgiven by God. You made the choice. Now I'm going to help you take it to him in prayer. Just you and God right there just in your heart. If you want to pray out loud, that's fine, but you can pray in your heart, just right, you and God. And tell them this, dear God, I have sinned against you. I'm sorry. I want to be forgiven. I believe that Jesus died for my sins. And I ask for your forgiveness in Jesus' name. Right now, I am choosing to receive Jesus as my Savior. Jesus, please come into my heart. Save my soul. Take me to heaven when I die. Help me to live for you. Now, if you just did business with God right there, you and God, you know if you did, God knows if you did. Nobody else does. But if you just said in your heart and you talked to him about it, yes, yes, God says it's done. And the Bible's full of promises that promises it's done. You're forgiven. You have everlasting life. Now, first of all, I would love to know about that. If you just prayed that, when I prayed and you just prayed right there, would you do me a big favor? Everyone else's heads are bowed and their eyes are closed, but I'm looking. I would love to know about it. Would you do me the wonderful favor just letting me know that just now, Pastor, when you prayed just now, I prayed with you and I let God know I wanted his forgiveness and I received his forgiveness. I took Jesus. Would you raise your hand good and high? I'd love to see it. That is awesome. Praise the Lord. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Now, I'm gonna, you can put your hands down. I'm going to ask you to do one more thing. Not, not here, not now. But the Bible says, Jesus promised, if you'll confess me before men, I'll confess you before my Father which is in heaven. You'll, you'll have an indescribable joy and peace if you will tell somebody today what you did. If you came with somebody today, would you at least tell them, hey, when the pastor prayed, I prayed with him. We're, hey, we're not going to sign you up for anything. You're not joining anything. We're not taking your name down. That's not what it's about. It's about you doing business with God, which you just did. But you'll have an indescribable joy and peace from God if you will simply tell somebody about that.